Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to a long-awaited return here of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, your official Adelaide 36ers podcast. It's been a long wait. Let's hope it's all been worth it because we haven't had a lot of basketball to actually talk about in the meantime from when the last NBL season started. And, and well, let's face it, we're still more than a month away from the new NBL season started, but we wanted to get stuck into things here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. There's plenty to talk about in the basketball world, in the Adelaide 36ers world, and who better to do it with than the the man who is my co-host. I'm Chris Pike, who will be along this ride with him once again for this upcoming season. You can see all all of my work if you choose to at the Adelaide 36ers website, among other places. So thanks to the club support there for having me on board. But the man who you've all tuned in to hear from, the only man in history to be involved in all four of the Adelaide 36ers NBL championships, 318 NBL game star, and now he's back involved, being worked really hard by the club as well. Scott Ninnis, thanks very much for joining me once again. It's been a long wait. Mate, we're back. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's, uh, it does seem like an eternity. Uh, nothing much has gone on this year, has it? It's mm, been a fairly, no. fairly, fairly normal year for everybody. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, it's just been a, oh, wow, what, what, what a year. I think everyone's going to be really happy to put 2020 behind us. Uh, no one more than me. Uh, mm. the, the, the business has taken a fairly major hit, as you can imagine. But, uh, yeah, mate, as you touched upon, it's it's been great. Uh, Brett Maher and myself have been doing a, a lot of work for, um, you know, not just the 36ers, for, but for the Basketball Association of South Australia as well. And uh, uh, it's good. It's got us out of the house and uh, out working again. And uh, got our next uh, next holiday camp starting next Monday. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting times. It's good that uh, – let, let me touch wood, mate. It's good that everything mm-hmm. seems to be uh, heading in the right direction. But, obviously, we've seen how, mm-hmm. how quickly that can change as well. But, uh, for, for the most part, uh, things are going uh, swimmingly at the moment. Yeah, we'll get into how quickly things can change. We'll talk about the pre-season game or games that happened a couple of weeks ago and then how quickly things change after that. We'll get to that shortly, but let's just talk on our show here. Our very last episode was with that man, Brett Martin. We, all the three of us sat down and had a fascinating chat. It was a lot of fun talking about the greatest 36ers teams and we picked our teams. And at that point, we had no idea what was to come, but as it turned out, that was our last episode and... And a lot's happened since. We haven't had a lot of basketball since then, but that was our last show. When we, when you look back on that first season, it was a, a learning experience for both of us. Both of us, you know, new to this podcast world, and both of us were passionate to do a show about the 36ers and do a show for for the Adelaide basketball fans. Um, how did you How did you find that that first season, and and what brings you back now for a second season? What are you What are you excited about? Oh, man, I think it's just excited. Uh, you know, once again, Brett and I have had a lot to do with the players uh, in, in the team, the coaches as, as well. And it's, 
it's all completely new, new coaching structure, you know, half the team's brand new and, you know, just to be able to deal with them one-on-one. Uh, Brett and I are running a number of school clinics and also the holiday camps that I just mentioned and, and the players are very heavily involved in that. So, you know, there's probably a connection, I guess, with the the club itself that, uh, you know, we haven't had for a long while. So I, I'm excited about it. It's, uh, can't wait for the season to start. It just seems like maternally. And uh, I know the players will back me up on that because they've just been, all they've been doing is training for months and months, apart from the couple of pre-season games versus Brisbane. So I know they're, they're itching to get out there and, uh, you know, just, just see where they stand. But uh, don't have long to, long to wait, you know, another month or so, and then we'll, uh, we'll be right into the thick of things. One of those players is Josh Giddy, and we thought we would we would start this second season of of Sixers Fix with a bang and and get one of the hottest properties in Australian basketball on board to to chat to us. Really looking forward to speaking to Josh. You obviously know his dad really well from a from being an opposition player for a long time when he was at the the Melbourne Tigers. Um, what was Warwick like to play with, and what are you looking forward to chatting to to Josh about? Was was a great man, mate. Well, he's a great man. He's, yeah. uh, you know, we we played against each other, I guess, virtually our entire careers. So did different positions, so we didn't mm-hmm. match up on each other. But um, you know, we both became assistant coaches, and we we uh, you know spent, I guess, helping each other out as far as exchanging game tapes, and we had quite a bit to do with each other. We've got uh, uh, some mutual friends. So I've had quite a lot to do with Wazer over the. Uh, over the journey, uh, we're looking forward to catching up when he gets over to see Josh play uh, during the season. But uh, he was a he was a tough, you know. Everyone talks about those Melbourne Tiger teams, and obviously Andrew Gaze, and Leonard Copeland, and uh, and Mark Brackey. But you know, without people like um, you know Warwick Giddy and Nigel Purchase and some of those incredible role players, you know, they don't have the success that they end up having. So, uh, uh, yeah, very, very highly respected in the basketball world. And uh, he's got a he's got a pretty good one with his uh, with his young fella there. Uh, we've just got a s- small glimpse of it during the, well, the pre-season games. And uh, look, yeah, once again, Brisbane was certainly weren't at full strength, yeah. but you could just see, you know, for an 18-year-old to have that sort of, I guess, poise and, um, you know, ability to see the floor and get the ball to the right people. I think uh, all of us here in 36 land are, are very, very excited mm. about, uh, you know, seeing him play in this upcoming season. Well, I think we can already lock in Warwick Giddy for a future episode here on Sixers Fix as well once he comes to town. So that, let's book that in for a, for a future Absolutely. episode already in 2021. Now, we look forward to speaking to Josh a little bit later, but Brett Maher, as I said, he, he joined us a couple of times on the show last year. Very cheekily, I think he he then, on the, right, riding on the coattails, which is, I guess, what he's been known to do throughout his, his whole basketball <laughs> career, he went off and started his own podcast. And, and then, on the not only that, he rode the coattails of Adelaide Crow superstar Andrew McLeod to start it up too. And it was all on the back of the platform that we gave him here on, on Sixers Fix. Oh, he's not bad, mate. He'll, uh, <laughs> any, any, anything for self-promotion, he's, uh, he's, he's the king of it. No, it's, uh, they've taken a bit of a break now, him and, uh, him and Andrew, from obviously it's not football season, yeah. but uh, uh, they have a lot of fun uh, doing their podcasts and I'm sure he'll be angling for another invite on the Sixers uh, fix before too much longer as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he will. <laughs> um, just, just taking a look back on some of the people that we did speak to last year, obviously there was Brett. But Dusty Reichardt, Rupert Sapwell, Damian Martin, who, even though he was an opposition player, was a lot of fun. Paul Reese, Brendan Tees, Andrew Gaze, who we had a great time with, and, 
And then we, once he was appointed as coach, we caught up with Connor Henry as well. We had a lot of fun. Um, is there anyone that jumps out at you that you're really excited to try to, to get on as a guest now now for this year? Oh, wow. I guess the possibilities are endless, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, those, those names that you just brought up that we, that we interviewed last year was just, just so much fun. And, and listening to, you know, Andrew Gaze talking about being the flag bearer at the yeah. Olympics and, and, you know, Damien Martin, you know, his his time in Perth and, and obviously the, the people that have come through here as the 36ers. Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know if there's anyone that really sort of stands out. I, I just think that it's fascinating just listening to, you know, different people's stories, the journeys and, and where they got to where they where they have. Because, you know, and you learn, learn new things, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. even, you know, you know, people like, uh, you, you know, Dusty and Paul Reese, I spent a lot of time with, you know, doing those, those uh, chats with them, you know, you find out new things about people and I find that uh, I find that to be fascinating so yeah no just uh, just looking forward to uh, getting uh, getting and doing it uh, on a more regular basis and not being as slack as slack as I was last year and uh, yeah can't wait for it mate looking forward to it we're committed to be on board each week once the season gets up and going here on Six is fixed. We've got the support of the the club behind us thanks to Ben Kavanagh and the team at the Adelaide 36ers and to make this possible we do need some help from the South Australian community and, and any local businesses especially who who want, want to partner up with us, we would appreciate any support we can get. We're not looking to to obviously become rich out of this show. We just have some some production costs more than anything to, to cover and we just think it's a natural fit for some local Adelaide or South Australian companies to come on board with us. So if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to jump on board with us, you can We've got plenty of options on board of the way we can partner up, but it'd be great to have some support just to just to make this a bit more possible and and to allow us to keep bringing you this show for for free to to all of the the Adelaide basketball fans out there, Scott. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I know there's a lot of uh, you know we're a parochial bunch uh, here in South Australia, and uh, it'd be great to get some local companies on board for uh, uh, to help us out doing the podcast for sure. Absolutely. So get in touch with us if you. Uh, listening and you might like to partner up with us now before we get get to how this team for the upcoming season shaping up scott let's let's just have a chat about what you mentioned before about what 2020 has been like for you um being in the tourism industry the wine industry and running a wine tour at it, during a year where everything was shut down nobody could travel and for for a while nobody was allowed out of their houses unless it was to to go down to the supermarket or to to visit a doctor, really, or to go to work. Um, how tough has this been on your business? And is there is there any any light at the end of the tunnel that it might be starting to to improve? Oh, look, mate, there's no no point dressing it up. The the business was decimated. I mean, mm. we we shut down completely for three months, and, and and ever since then, it's just been fairly slim pickings. It's only recently that some of the borders have started to open up for us, and. Uh, you know, I was I was back. I uh, you know a couple of weeks ago I did five days in a row, and then uh, the week after that I was uh, had four days, four out of five days books. Day one of that was the the, the second lockdown, and uh, mm. overnight everything got cancelled. And yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't just those bookings that I had during that period, but you know, through well into next year, you know, people are people are worried. You know, people are scared about. You know, getting stuck or having to quarantine at their own cost when they go back home, and uh, it's it's completely 
you know, shut down any, anything that I was doing. Um, but, you know, like the Victorian borders open now and, and we're getting a few bits and pieces. I've got two as the next, uh, next three days, which is, which is exciting. But, um, um, look, yeah, I, I, I sound like I'm pissing and moaning, but I'm, I'm not, mate. There's a lot of people oh, who wish to. That's your livelihood, so, I mean, you Well, we, we, but we've been fortunate. I mean, uh, my wife, Rebecca, has, has worked all the way through so that we've, we've, we've got that. Uh, you know, with Brett and my involvement back with the 36ers and running the school clinics and the holiday camps and, and now doing some work for Basketball SA as well, we've, mm. uh, you know, that, that's filled a really important gap. So, look, I, I, I'm pretty easy going, mate. I, I don't, get, uh, don't get stressed out about a lot. Um, hopefully things continue to improve and we start getting people to have the confidence to to travel again and uh, you know I can uh, I can get out and show them our uh, incredible wine regions and on a nice happy balance between uh, the wine tours and uh, you know the basketball coaching as well well let's talk about that um, what's it like for you we I think it was on our very first episode last season where we went down the path of talking about how everything went with with you and the club when it ended as a coach, and obviously that didn't end on great terms. What's it? And there was a big gap there where you didn't want any involvement in basketball at all. And I guess this podcast was your the start to getting you back involved. Um, what's it like now being officially involved back in the club in an official role for the first time since you know it ended for you as a coach? And and what have you and Brett been up to? What what's your actual, actual roles sort of on a on a daily or weekly weekly basis? Oh, mate, it's been fantastic. I mean, our official title is community coaches, which which basically means we we oversee the school clinic program and also the holiday camps. So that's uh, you know, we, once again, COVID has sort of sh- cancelled a lot yeah. of the school yeah. clinics over the last couple of months. But yeah, you know, we were doing a couple of those a week, and and obviously we do a holiday camp uh, every school holidays. As I said, the second one of those is coming up next week, but. I think from a personal point of view, the, the involvement for me now is, you know, everyone that was involved, you know, back when I was coaching is no longer there. It's a completely different ownership structure. And, mm. and you know, Grant Kelly's been, we've got the full support of, of, of him. We've got, you know, Ben Kavanagh has been fantastic. Mm. Jeff Van Gronigan. It, it's, it's, it's good. It, it's, it feels nice to be involved again, you know, at a completely different level to what we have, have been, obviously. But uh, it's exciting. I, I don't think I've, been looking forward to an NBL season like this since, since I was involved, which is you know over 10, 10 years ago now. So uh, it's exciting once again getting to know the players and being involved with them. You know a, a number of times a week, uh, yeah, you have that attachment and you you want those guys to do well. So uh, yeah, we've had we had a fair bit to do with Connor and and, and Jamie Pillman as well, and yeah, we're just just really hopeful that you know they could hit the ground running and uh, yeah have a really successful season. Well, things are actually looking pretty good in that regard. Let's take a look at the roster now that the 36ers have assembled for the upcoming season, and then we'll get to to Josh Giddy, and then later in the show we'll take a look at the fixtures that have now been released and take a look at that in in a bit more detail. But firstly, the returning players. So we've got Daniel Johnson, who was the massive signing to commit for three years, was was massive from DJ. Brendan Tees, Jack McVeigh, Daniel Dillon, and Alex Madronja. You happy with those five to all be coming back and... And expecting big things from them. Oh, mate, I, I think one of the keys is stability, and uh, you, you know, you look at you look at the Wildcats over over there in Perth. You know, that's what they've had. You know, the the successful teams have stability from year to year. Obviously, you you are going to make changes. Uh, 
you know, I had to tweak things up a little bit. It's very rare that ever that you ever got the same same team coming back. But I feel it was really important to have, you know, DJ obviously is is the standout. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, Jack McVeigh, you know, progress and take another step forward this year. And uh, you know, you got the the veterans in in, in Dylan and, and Tease who are, who are, you know, you need those sort of guys around a team. And 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 Alex Majondra. Uh, you know, is is exciting because he's an Adelaide boy, and uh, we we haven't had a lot of those coming through uh, the thirty sixes over the last few years. So that is is exciting, and uh, oh, look, I think it's once again it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes. How you know, for example, how Isaac Humphreys and DJ coexist on the court. You know, that's that's a huge front line. Um, you know, both guys that are, that can shoot the ball. You know, the, the pushing seven foot. Uh, both super talented guys. Um, yeah, look, I I am excited with with the stability from the guys coming mm. back, and, and I think we've taken a step forward with the newcomers as well as as compared to what they have had last year. Yeah, a really exciting group of arrivals we've got. As you mentioned, Isaac Humphreys to join. That front court with DJ and probably County Pinder will will spend some time there as well. Who is another exciting prospect, Josh Giddy, who we'll speak to soon as the point guard is going to be really exciting. And Sunday Deck, he he's coming off a really good season at the, at the Hawks and looking forward to seeing him continue that here at the Thirty Sixes. And then we've got the imports, so I guess we'll wait and see in a lot of ways what to get from them: Donald Sloan and Tony Crocker. Um, what what stands out to you about that group of of the the new the new new arrivals? Oh, mate, uh, we, we did a clinic with them this afternoon uh, out here at Prospect, and, and just the size of the team mm. is, uh, you know, is incredible. I mean, you, like I said, we, Isaac and DJ looking at two seven-footers. Keanu Pinder's six foot nine. Josh Giddies looks like he grows every time I see him, you know. He's, like he's, he's, eight, he's well, I, th- I think yeah, I think he sh- I think he shocked a lot of uh, all the people involved in the club because you know obviously Melbourne had the lockdown and and you know he spent a lot of time working out and and mm. the, the guy who who had presented himself in Adelaide was was taller and had, and had bulked <laughs> up and uh, yeah you know, I, I I really have enjoyed uh, getting to know Sunday I think he's a, a you know just a really impressive individual. Uh, what I saw from him defensively last year, I'm so excited about. To you know, we you know we haven't always had great defensive teams here at Adelaide. Defense hasn't, but wasn't a strong suit under Joey Wright, was it? Well, no, and 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 look, it, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they go team defensively. But what I saw individually from Sunday last year, I'm I'm really excited about, and uh, I think he can be a really important player. In this team, and and I guess everything's up for grabs at the minute as far as you know starting positions yeah, and cool. and court time, and uh, it's going to be, you know, that's 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 Connor's problem. That's something something that he can sort out. But I'm yeah. I'm really excited just to see how that how that pans out. And I, look, I I've got to admit, I'm I'm probably most excited about Josh Giddy. I just think mm. what I you know what I've seen from him in the in that those brief couple of games against the Brisbane Bullets is you don't you don't see 18 year olds that with that sort of oh, I guess court awareness and, and just it looked like look the game looked like it, it came easy to him so I'm, I'm really excited about seeing him play uh, in the new season yeah I think everybody is um, as for the players that have moved on I think based on the way the end of last season went it was it was a natural that the imports weren't going to be coming back Jerome Randall Ramon Moore and Eric Griffin it was obvious that Kevin White wasn't going to be coming back and 
<laughs> I think it was pretty clear that Harry Froling and Anthony Drimmick were going to be looking for new homes. The one that shocked a lot of people was, was Obi Shea, and it looks like he's going to be lost to basketball altogether. What do you what do you know about why he decided to step away, and, and how surprised were you when you, you heard that news? Yeah, it was, a, it was a strange one. I guess there was... You know, there were some rumours going around that he might look to, um, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, there, there was some you know, suggestion that he might have been looking at the Sydney Kings. And, and I, I don't know if any of that was any more than rumours, but, yeah. uh, you know, for them to, you know, bang, drop the ball when he, he's gone, he's lost to basketball was, yeah. uh, was, was quite a shock. I know my 17-year-old daughter was very disappointed. <laughs> she was... Uh, he was a bit of a bit of a personal favourite, but um, uh, I, and I don't know, I don't know if there was anything more to it than what what was official. But yeah. you, you know, you, you'd imagine with you know DJ Isaac Humphries and Keanu Pinder that he would have been you know the fourth big, so there, yeah. there probably wasn't going to be a lot of time there for him. But well, I don't know, it'd be very interesting to see if he if if he does bob up again somewhere down the line. I guess he, he's young enough that you know if he if he you know, does have some interest and uh, he does get his head back in the game that he could uh, potentially be in, involved again. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably not, you know, I know he started a lot last year, but it's the, the, the club, I think, has been able to cover probably and hopefully improve on, on what he brought to the team. But, um, well, yeah. I think, think Pinder might play that similar role. I think you'd expect yeah. that more, especially offensively out of, out of Keanu. Sure, absolutely, and I and I think that's that's what the club is is banking on. And and once again, you probably you you would imagine they're probably going to have a two that two headed monster at the four and the five in DJ and Isaac Humphries yeah. at the start of the game. And once again, both of those guys can can stretch the floor and, and yeah. both shoot the three. So you're not necessarily just got two plotting seven footers in there. But uh, well, that that will be the difference with Isaac now from the one that we saw. At the Sydney Kings, what was it three years ago? He's now a real legitimate three-point threat. Where three years ago he was just an inside banger. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, look, I think that's the thing. People saw him play at the Sydney Kings a couple of years ago. He's had NBA and international experience yeah. since then. So look, uh, t- to be honest with you, you know DJ is still going to be the the star of this team. I, I think as long as he plays. Yeah, you know, he's the centerpiece, mm-hmm. you know, and he's the one you go through, and he's the one who's going to, you know, going to get you twenty points and ten rebounds. Uh, you know, to me, most yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, he's a rare talent of that size. Yeah. I mean, you know, once again, the way he can shoot the ball is just, you know, you just don't see that in guys that no. are seven foot. So it's, uh, but yeah, Isaac Humphries, there's, you know, there's he was a. You know, probably a fairly high price recruit. You know, there was there would have been a lot of lot of interest in him from other teams. So, you know, there'll be expectations on him to to be one of the stars of this team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing him play as well. Now, just quickly before we do get to Josh Josh Giddy, um, a couple of weeks back, the Thirty Sixers did play the first preseason games that we've seen from many NBL clubs this season, hosting the Brisbane Bullets in two games here here in Adelaide, and obviously the first one. You know, more than five and a half thousand people turned up at at the entertainment centre. It was a, a fantastic turnout for a preseason game. It showed how hungry everybody was for basketball action, and I think you got along to the game too, Scott. And especially what we saw from from Josh Giddy was was incredible. But you know, six weeks out from the season starting, it was great for the team just to get out there and, and get a couple of official hit outs. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you know, they've been banging heads against each other for <laughs> yeah. for months. You know, yeah. so. 
Uh, once again, uh, the the Brisbane team was depleted, but they, you know they they still had you know, Nathan Sobey was playing that. Yeah, you know, they still had some some talent out there. But but yeah, you would you would have expected the Thirty Sixers to win the games the way they the way they did. But uh, you know, once again, we we talk about Sunday and the it was the way he defended Sobey was was fantastic to see. And once again, you can't you can't take anything out of it, especially being so far away from the start of the season. But yeah, I know the boys uh, enjoyed having that having that hit out after mm. just uh, training against each other for so long. Well, I was like being back in amongst the crowd again. Obviously, it's been a long time since we've been to been able to go to a sporting event and have a lot of people there. What was it like to be amongst you know five and a half thousand people again at a at a basketball game? Oh, mate, people are desperate to get out. You know, it's uh, you know the, the the night before that there was a charity uh, charity match that they had. Uh, there's a young fella here um, who who had a, his leg amputated, and one of the local radio stations got behind him and put on Cooper. this charity Cooper. basketball game for yeah Cooper and uh, uh, put on this charity game for him. And there was three and a half thousand people at that game, and mm. it was just it was uh, you, you know you, you had some you know, Aaron Phillips and, and and Brett played and Phil coached and uh, Dean Brogan played and you know so a few of the local celebrities. Right, let me tell you, let, mate. Let me tell you. Cooper, they got Cooper. Yeah, they were, they were trying to get him the last shot to win the game. Had yep. a couple of shots that missed. Ball bounced out to Brett Maher. What did he do? He <laughs> shot the winning basket himself. <laughs> could not, could not wait to tell me. The whole, the whole night was focused on little Cooper, and that selfish bugger still took the last shot and still got the, all the glory. So uh, that, none of that will come as a surprise to anybody no, that knows him. <laughs> now. Good time for us to take a break here on Sixers Fix. It's been a, it's been great to be back on this first segment, back on our first show back, Scott. So great job for getting through that. Now, when we come back, we'll have Josh Giddy on the line and really looking forward to, to picking his brain. Absolutely. Okay. Very excited to be joined by our first guest here for our return show here of Sixers Fix, Scott. We've got the man who there was an enormous excitement over in Adelaide once he signed. I think even more excitement about him once we saw him play in those first couple of preseason games as well. And we're all looking forward to what he can bring for this upcoming season. Josh Giddy, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Josh, uh, can, I, can I just jump in straight away, Go Chris? Um, I talked about uh, earlier that we had a uh, coaching clinic today. There was a notable absentee. I didn't see one Josh Giddy at the clinic today. Uh, mm. didn't, see a, didn't see a note, mate. Uh, what, what was <laughs> no, I'll, um, I'll I'll bring that note next time I'm at the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> no, any joking, mate. Uh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. I was just going to ask Josh, I mean, how are you settling into life in Adelaide and how are you dealing with the fact that you've gone through a big pre-season already and we're still five weeks away from the season starting? Yeah, no, it has, it has been a long pre-season. I think for everyone, especially with just these um, uncertain times going on in the world, it's been a very challenging and long, long off-season. But... um. For me, it's my first one, so I haven't really experienced a normal off season. But mm. I mean, for a lot of the older guys, it's been it's been really long and, and really challenging. But um, no, it's been good. It's been good getting to know the guys, um, practicing every day. So um, we've obviously had a couple of good hitouts against Brisbane. So I think we're tracking really well as a team. And um, obviously, we're about a month out from the season now, so it's getting close, and, and we're looking forward to it. In your days talking to your your dad, your dad Josh about his NBL playing days, did did the name yeah. Scott and Innes and their battles come up too often? I know they didn't actually know. They have. So, sorry, Scott. 
<laughs> oh, mate, that's well. We used to beat them all the time, mate. So it's no wonder was it didn't, didn't talk about it all that much. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the uh, the, the old man uh, shortly, uh, uh, Josh. But uh, I just wanted to ask you about you know your signing here. I think was so out of the blue. Uh, you, obviously, you're a very highly regarded uh, uh, prospect, but uh, you know the 36 is signing you without. You know, wasn't even a coach in place at that stage, and I know uh, you know JVG had a fair bit to do with it. Can you just talk us through that process and how that came about? Yeah, no, it was definitely a um, it was a challenging but fun process. Obviously, I was still weighing up um, both college and professional options up but um no i met with jeff and grant uh when i was in sydney actually I, w- I went down to sydney to watch the melbourne versus sydney final and um i actually happened to meet jeff and grant there for a lunch and and we spoke for a couple of hours and i just i really loved the you know the, the new direction they wanted to head in and all the new pieces i were going to implement into the into the um organization and it was something i really wanted to be a part of and i just think the opportunity in adelaide as well was going to was going to benefit me for the long term so um i just i thought i made the right decision coming here and, and that's ultimately where i've landed and, and talking about the college mate i did a you know we'd, we'd like to research here at sixes fix it's a very important <laughs> part of what we do yeah this is some of the colleges that i saw that either you know made you offers or, or were linked to you and you know, talk about a who's who louisville wake forest st mary's st john's Virginia, Texas, UNLV, BYU, SMU, Baylor, Oklahoma. I mean, you, you, you had your choice of some pretty incredible colleges. It must have been, you know, it must have, and, and I read one interview where it said that you were, that's what you expected to do. So obviously yeah. the 36ers program, you know, really appealed to you to, to turn your back on that college system. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, um, yeah, I did, I did have a couple of schools to choose from and it was tough, as I said, but I just thought, you know, coming into a pro environment at such a young age was just going to benefit me more than what college would. I mean, it's not a knock on college because I think college definitely does have pros. But I just thought for me personally, the NBL was a better pathway. Obviously, um, with Lamello and RJ coming through the Next Star program, it brought a lot of attention to the league. So I think that's a positive as well. And um, yeah, just for me, I think just being in a, in a professional environment at 18 years old, is just it's only going to help me more for the long term. The other thing, in, in, in hindsight too, I mean, as it turns out with COVID, um, you wouldn't have wanted to probably be in America and going through a college yep. college career right now. As it's turned out, coming to Australia and staying here is probably going to be, even looking ahead to next year, there's no guarantees for college basketball next year. It's probably turned out to be the right thing, even though COVID wasn't a factor in your decision at the time. Yeah, no, that's 100% correct. Um, obviously, at the time, I had no idea this, mm. this is how the season was going to play out. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I was lucky I made a decision I did, and I'm, I'm good here. Now you've been doing a lot of training, as we've always already alluded to. Uh, how are you finding, uh, you know, both Connor Henry and, and Jamie Perlman uh, as your first go around as as a professional? Uh, t- tell us a bit about your time with them so far. No, been awesome. I couldn't speak highly enough of um, Connor and Jamie. They're, they've been awesome. They're really engaged in the group. You know, we have a lot of team meetings. We go through video, go through kind of our team identity, and I think they've been awesome in in just gelling the team together and putting a really good system into place that all the players have bought into. So, um, no, everything's been awesome with them and, and I'm looking forward to getting into the season with them. Now, you're the, you're the youngest boomer since Ben Simmons uh, when you played in the 2021 FIBA Asia qualifications, I think it was. Um, yep. mo- moving forward, has there been any conversation with, with Brian Gorge and all the, that boomer program? Uh, you know, what, what's next in line for that? Are you aware of any of that sort of stuff? No, I'm actually not yet. I think I think the next thing for the Boomers is going to be the Olympics, which is in 
yeah. 21. Yeah. So I think, but I'm not sure. No, I, there's been, I haven't spoke to anyone about that yet. I think they're kind of just waiting for the NBA season and see what's happening with those guys and, you know, who's going to nominate. Obviously, they're still waiting on big names like Ben Simmons and, and those type of guys. So um, I think once all that finalized, they'll, they'll probably release a squad and then go into a training camp and then pick the team from there. I'm sure if you haven't met him already, Gorge will introduce himself pretty quickly to you. <laughs> yeah, I've met Gorge. It was actually in the off-season. There was actually a bunch of us in Melbourne, and Gorge was taking us for sessions. So um, yeah, I was right. with him most of oh, actually. I had a bit to do with him. Yeah, I played with him for two years, and uh, you'll certainly learn huge amounts off of that man. He's, he's yeah. an incredible coach. Um, Josh, I think um, you'd probably be fair to say that you really rose to prominence of the under-18 championships uh, in 2019. Uh, and, and just looking at what you did statistically, averaging 20 points, eight rebounds and six assists, I think the most amazing thing for me, and this is where we're time to best start bagging the old man, you averaged 38% from the three-point line. Now, it'd be fair to say that uh, Wazza was a, was, a, was a great player for the Melbourne Tigers, but shooting probably wasn't his strong point. So, uh, so wait, did, that much, did that come from mum or what, what's I the did. story there? Yeah, mum actually was a very good shooter. Not a lot of people know that, but mum was a really good shooter. And um, that was kind of what she based her game around. But um, like many people know, the um, my dad was just absolutely not a shooter. So, um, yeah, it was definitely got the, got the genes from mum. And, and I'm old enough, well, I'm older than you, well, both your mum and your dad. But, I mean, Kim was, uh, she was a state player for Victoria uh, back in the day, she was she was a great player, uh, and, and like you said, everyone focuses on Warwick's uh, Warwick's career. But uh, yeah. you've got some pretty good genes there, mate. I think uh, it's no surprise you've, you've turned into the player that you have. Yeah, no, it's um, definitely been good having both parents that played basketball professionally. Obviously, mum played for the Tigers for a few years, and obviously, dad had a pretty long career. So I'm just I've had a ball in my hand since I was really young, and then. Obviously, when I was still four, five, six years old, Dad was into coaching with the Tigers. So um, I've always kind of been around the game and been around the NBL. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely helped me. Now, your dad retired in 2002 after his yep. 449 games in the NBL. Were you yep. born yet when he retired from the NBL? No, I think he retired maybe a few months before I was born because I was born <laughs> in October of 2002. So I actually I never got to see him play live or nothing like that. It was just all been on video and stuff like that. How many videos did he make you watch growing up? Oh, too many. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty from 93 and 97, I'd imagine, the, yes, uh, the championship years of the Tigers. Yeah, that were his glory days. He always loved talking about them. <laughs> now, he also, uh, I, I, I've had a bit of conversation with the old man, mate. He wanted to remind you that uh, when you're on your L plates, you drove into the backboard and then the garage door. Can you uh, expand on? Can, can you expand on that a little bit, mate? Yeah, I, I um, did. It was really early on in my driving days, and um, I thought I had the car in reverse, and I went to reverse out the driveway. But I was in drive still, and I plowed through the garage and the hoop, and that was the last of the hoop. Oh, that's great. Uh, the other thing he wanted me to mention was uh, your commitment to football. Apparently, you played three quarters. A game of a grand final before you and the other ruckman had to leave to go to go to basketball training. Is that uh, is that true? Yeah, it is actually. And um, <laughs> it was we did. Me and Paul Paul Sabatolz, he's actually at the Geelong Footy Club now. We just signed as a rookie B, so he's actually playing AFL now. And we both had um a, a state training uh, in about forty five minutes, and we we had to play three quarters of the grand final, and then we had to leave. So luckily, we still did win. But um, oh, you no, did win. That was going to yeah, be the next question. Yeah, so that we did just. So did you good. get your medal? Did they get your, the medal to you somehow? Yeah, eventually they did. It was a long time down <laughs> the track. They got it to us. 
Now, now, Josh, can you tell us a little bit about you, you were in the NBA Global Academy in Barcelona. You won the MVP there. Also, the Basketball Without Borders in Chicago. Can you tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about that time with those, you know, some of those, I guess, fellow up and coming NBA uh, prospects? So, was, yeah. that must have been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, the NBA Academy was awesome. Um, I was obviously, I was, it's based in the AIS, which is in Canberra. And um, I was there for about a year and a half. And my time there was awesome. I mean, there's the Center of Excellence and then the NBA Global Academy, which are like two different programs, but it's all kind of merged into one in Canberra. And the NBA Global Academy, we, we did a lot of trips overseas. So obviously we went to Barcelona, we went to America a few times, and we just play against, you know, the top international talent. And um, I think the exposure and the competition we get to play against is just, it's, you know, it's unheard of. And I just think the opportunity within that program is, is the best I've ever had. And it's really helped me to where I am today. So um, obviously the coaches and facilities in Canberra are world class. So um, no, I, I couldn't speak more highly of that program. And let's let's talk NBA, mate. I mean, obviously that's the uh, that's the dream. It is the plan to to play the season here with the Thirty Sixers yep. and, and nominate for for next year's draft and see how we go from there. Is that that's pretty much the plan? Yeah, it is. It is the plan now. But I mean, you know, it just it kind of just depends on like because I can say I want to nominate, but if I come up this year and I, I don't play well or anything there's no point in me nominating if I know I'm not going to get taken so it kind of just depends on this year but as of now that is the goal to um to go into next year's draft but um we'll, I guess we'll see how we go this year yeah I mean if it ended up being yeah had another season in the NBL and went in the 2022 draft there'd be nothing wrong with that either but um we yeah. saw Lamelo come out when he was at the Hawks last year and said that he was going to be the number one pick no matter what um Yep. Are you the sort of person that puts that sort of expectations on yourself or would you just be happy to, to hear your name get called out, whether it's next year or, or the year after? Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to be the number one pick because, you know, who I don't know what's going to happen in sure. eight months from now. But, you know, obviously that is the I mean, that's the goal for every kid, yeah. every kid that plays basketball to be the number one pick in the draft. But, um, you know, I'm not really too fussed whether it's one or, you know, wherever it goes kind of thing. It's just... Being in the NBA has been a dream of mine since I've been little. So um, kind of just to be in the NBA is, is a dream come true. And, and um, hopefully, you know, I can be that high when the, when the season's done and um, it's draft time. Well, we'll obviously get a lot NBA of... Uh, right now is that it's a legitimate pathway, isn't it? You can be yeah. an NBA player and be ready to play play in the NBA immediately where I don't think we could have said that, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago. It's, it's pretty exciting yeah. how far the NBA has come. Yeah, no, definitely is. It's definitely a legitimate path. We've seen it, just not with the next star program, but also with you know the local players with with Will Magne and guys like that, and also sure. Jay Sean Tate. And not only that, it's been coaches as well that have gone to the NBA. So um, it, it is a legitimate pathway for um for basketball Australia, and it's awesome to see all these guys succeeding through the NBL. Uh, Josh, with the, with Donald Sloan and, and Tony Crocker coming in, what's um I, I guess what is what has Connor spoke to you about your role? Will you be the starting point guard? Will you and Sloan sort of share ball handling duties? Have they spoken much about that to you at this stage? Uh, yeah, there's been a bit of talk. I think me and Sloan will probably share the backcourt. Um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to Sloan coming. I think he's going to be awesome for me. Obviously, an NBA veteran, I can learn so much off him. Um, he's been around the world, playing, played against the best players in the world. So I think Sloan coming is going to be massive for not only me, but I think for the team. I think he's going to be a, a vital pick vital piece to our team and and in um helping us succeed this year and obviously tony's played at a high level in europe for a long time so he's also another veteran that's going to come in and uh make an immediate impact so i think having those two guys is going to be really good for our team and when are they arriving mate 
Uh, I think Donald gets here. I think he gets out of quarantine a couple of days after Christmas, and then Tony's not long after him, maybe a week after him. So we'll have them both before the start of the season. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, you've had a taste already of playing in front of an Adelaide crowd. That first yeah. pre-season game against Brisbane with 5,500 people there, that was a that was a really good taste of what, what's to come. What was it like to actually step out there and, and play in front of a, a live crowd for the first time in a long time? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it's the first time I've played in a big crowd like that for a very long time. Yeah. So um, no, that was awesome. And I've heard so much about the Adelaide atmosphere and, and the fan base, and it lived up to the expectations I had for it. But um, it was only half capacity as well. That's the mm-hmm. crazy thing. And I think with a full house at um, at the entertainment center, I think it's, it's going to be unreal to play in front of. So I'm really looking forward to that this year, and hopefully we can get a um, packed house. Now, of oh, look, the I'm legends late. of the I'm club late. that you've met so far, which one's really stood out to you? Which one... Have you been most excited to meet, or which one's sort of had the biggest impact on you so far? Say that again, sorry. Of the legends from the club that you've been able to meet so far since you've been in town, which one sort of had the biggest biggest impact on you so far? Um, well, I'd say you know DJ is the obvious answer because he's you know mm. DJ. He's been a star of the league and the and the club for so long. But I think the two big ones for me would probably be uh, Brendan Tees and Dan Gillen. Obviously, just as cool. As the, as the veteran guards in the team, I think they've helped me a lot. Um, you know, I, I play with them every day at practice and just, you know, just little things here and there that they've picked up over a long career. They, they just give pointers to me all the time. Um, you know, if I make a mistake, they never, no one ever kind of grills me. They'll kind of take me aside and just, and just uh, tell me what I did, but in a, in a um, kind of a good manner. Sure. So I think Teasy and, and Dan Dillon have been awesome for me to, to start the year. What about past players? Has anyone, have, have you been really excited to meet anybody? Oh, definitely Scott Ninnis. Thank you. Oh, well, well that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's the only one. <laughs> mate, you can say Brett Maher, mate. Everybody does. Everyone kisses his ass. <laughs> oh, I, I don't mind, mate. Yeah, I'm happy for you to say it. No, no, both of you. <laughs> definitely Scotty, though. He's my number one. <laughs> Has Brett tried to work on your, your shot with you yet? Has he tried to, to pass on any tips yet? Because he, we all know how much he likes to think that he, he knows knows everything. <laughs> Actually, no, I haven't spoken to Brett about that yet, but I'm probably going to have to get her answer it soon. He'll be happy to pass on whatever knowledge he thinks he's got. Don't don't worry. <laughs> um, oh, now, no. now, what are your plans? Is there any chance you get to go back home to Melbourne now for Christmas and then come back to Adelaide, or do you stay in Adelaide for the whole time? What is your plans now between, I guess, now and the start of the season, you know, come mid-January? Yeah, so I'm actually – I think we get a little break from – the 22nd of December to the 27th. So, um, pardon me. After, from the 22nd, I will go back to Melbourne for, yep. for that week. Um, spend Christmas with my family. So have a little break then, which will be good. And then obviously when I get back, we're about three weeks out from the season. So I think that's when things will really, really start to ramp up. We'll get the two imports in. So, um, it's a, it's a few weeks out of, out of season. So we'll be, we'll be right back into it. Well, mate, I think it's fair to say everyone, everyone here is very, very excited to see. Uh, you and and also the team play. It's been a it's been a weird, wonderful year. That's that's for sure. Well, it hasn't been very yeah. wonderful, but uh, you know, on on behalf of uh, I guess the club, uh, welcome to Adelaide, and we're very excited about uh, seeing what unfolds uh, during the season. No, for sure. Thank you, guys. I'm really happy to be here. You know, I can't wait to get into it with the guys. Thanks very much for being our first guest for the the new season too, Josh. We we appreciate it. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Josh. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis and, and and boy Scotty, that was a that was a lot of fun speaking to Josh. He's he's as impressive to talk to off the basketball court as he as he is on it. 
he's an impressive young man, isn't he? He, uh, you know, as, as, you know, as an 18 year old, I'm not sure I could walk and chew gum at the same time. But uh, you know, to be able to accomplish what he's done on the on the basketball court already, and um, you know, it's, it's still humble and, and and to be able to speak like that is uh, it, it is. I, I don't think I've been excited about seeing someone play as I have about Joshua for a long time. I, I just can't wait for the season to come around and, and to see what he can provide with his team. So I think he's going to be going to be the real deal right from uh, right from game one. Yeah, I think so. It's just a massive endorsement for what he sees in in Adelaide in the Thirty Sixes program that. He feels like it's the it's the right place for him to get ready to go on to be an NBA player and and right now whether like you talked about if it's next year's draft or the year after he's a top ten draft pick no matter what year he, he goes in so the fact that he thinks Adelaide is a place to get ready for for him is a it's a it's a massive thing. Oh, it's an incredible coup for the club and uh, you, you know JVG and Grant Kelly and and Ben Kavanagh should all be congratulated for. You know, for, for getting him here, and I know JVG and and uh, Grant went and met him in Sydney, and uh, mm. you know, I, I was as surprised as anyone when he signed here. You know, that we didn't have a coach in place, well, uh, but I was. Things weren't going great at that time, were they? Let's be honest. It was a little little bit of turmoil <laughs> in the off season, so it's 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 fantastic, and and those guys should be congratulated for getting him here. And you know, he's the first Australian to to be part of the Next Star program, yep. and you know, I listed off some of those uh, colleges that were interested in him. It's uh, you know you know just some unbelievable names. So no, the thirty sixes. You know, you'd have to think it's certainly heading in the right direction, and the ownership and the management structure there is is doing great things. Absolutely. So we've been through the squad that's ahead for the the season for the 36ers. So the squad's now locked away, and we've got the first five rounds of fixtures that have been announced as well. So what happens beyond that? We're still not quite sure. There's still talk of everyone going into a hub and playing a whole heap of games in a in a matter of, of no time. There's the talk of it sort of turning out to be a 36-game season by the end. There's a, there's a lot of different op- options going up in the air right now. What we do know is that things get underway January 10 in terms of the NBL. The first game for the 36ers is January 17 on a Sunday. And over the first 37 days that have been announced, there's going to be 39 games played. It's quite a hectic schedule, but, gee, I think everyone's just excited to get it underway now, aren't we? And I, mate, I absolutely, and I think the exciting thing for the 36ers is, you know, six out of the first eight games are home games. So, you know, it, that's it's there for them to set up their season. It, you know, you get those those wins on the board at home. Uh, you know, like you said, what happens with a hub or, or whatever will will follow. But you know, there's no excuses not to uh, not to be sitting in a really good position after those uh, first eight games if we can take care of business at home. Absolutely. That's, that's, let, let me run through the games that have been announced. So it all starts for the 36ers. Sunday, January 17, at home against the Sydney Kings. Then three days later, Wednesday, January 20, also at the Entertainment Centre is the Perth Wildcats. Then Friday, January 22, so it's a massive first first five days. It's the New Zealand Breakers playing at the Entertainment Centre. Then there's a nine-day break before it's the Breakers again playing Sunday, January 31. Then the first first away trip up to Brisbane, to play the Bullets on Thursday, February the 4th, and back in Adelaide, Saturday, February 6th, against the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Then it's up to Cairns to play on Friday, February the 12th. And the last game announced at the moment is Valentine's Day at home to Melbourne United on Sunday, February 14th. Like you said, it's a real chance. There's some 
some exciting opponents there that are coming to town. Obviously, the Kings and, and the Wildcats, the first two, and then the Breakers, who are going to be doing it tougher than anybody. Yeah, if you can get, get four wins on the board in those first four home games, you never know what a fast start can, can give you. Well, no pressure, mate. <laughs> no pressure to Connor there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly uh, would be happy looking at that schedule with the amount of home games early and uh, uh, bring it on. That's what I'll say. It's uh, looking forward to it. We've been starved of a lot of, uh, you know, feel-good stories uh, during this entire year. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the a revamped 36er lineup at the LA Entertainment Centre uh, in January. That's for sure. The other thing I can say is that I don't think there's ever been greater importance on becoming a member this year as well. We don't know yet what capacity will be allowed into the entertainment centre, so members will obviously get priority to seats. So if you sign up to become a member of the club, I don't think there's ever going to be a greater benefit because if you're not a member, it might be very hard to get to some games, especially in this first part of the season. Well, we don't know what it looks like, do we? I mean, that's the that's the and and it's and it's a very fluid situation that could change, you know, almost on a daily basis. So, yeah, I'd certainly encourage people to get behind the team and uh, you, you know become members, uh, you know, speak to people at the club and uh, see what's hopefully going to be a really exciting product on the on the floor for two thousand twenty one. Now. It's been an entertaining first show. I've, I've enjoyed being back here on 66 with you, Scott. We'll come back next week and do do another show before Christmas, and we'll catch up with the coach, Connor Henry. I think there's a lot to, to talk to him about. There's a lot to, to go through about the way he's put together this team, the way he's settled into, te- into town in Adelaide, the way the team's shaping up, and how he's dealt with the whole COVID situation. So I think there's a lot for us to, to speak to Connor about, and as the season unfolds, we'll we'll have Connor on hopefully on a weekly basis as well to to get his thoughts. But as for next week, it could be a pretty long chat. There's a lot to talk to him about. No, looking forward to it, mate. Can't wait. Now, how are you feeling? Back in the chair, looking forward to a full season. The family's there supporting you. Where we've hopefully up, we're hopefully bigger, bigger, better, and ever than 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 ever here on this on Sixers Fix with Scott Dennis this year. We've where we want to be here for the Adelaide 36ers fans and the basketball supporters in, in Adelaide who are, let's face it, the best in the country. We're, we're keen to get some local companies behind us as well, so feel free to get in touch. But I'm really excited to be back here on Sixers Fix for for another season. I'm Chris Pike and I'll sign off for this first episode back and, and leave you with some final thoughts from the legend himself, Scott Ninnis. No, mate, uh, you've summed it up beautifully. Very, very excited to be back and, uh, you know, involved with it, with this great club and uh, very excited about what the what the upcoming season uh, is, is going to present and looking forward to t- speaking to some absolute legends along the way on Sixers Fix. 